Hello and welcome to Good Sex, Bad Sex. This is a podcast from metro.co.uk. It's a bit like being dumped, but not quite as good. Oh, oh, oh that is harsh. <laughs> but fair. I'm Miranda Kane. And I'm Bibi Lynch. And coming up, we are going to be talking to someone who knows all about breaking up and especially how to get back with the ex. Oh, good luck, everyone. This is Coach Lee, and I help people get their ex back after they've been dumped. BB. Yeah. What have you done to try and get your ex back? <laughs> Spells. <laughs> Stalking. Yeah. I don't know. I, I do it the wrong. I don't know if I do it the right way. I'm assuming I don't because guess what? I'm not back with one. But I'm, I kind of try and play it a bit cool and then I don't quite know what I'm doing within it. I'm not very good. I don't have relationships, let alone exes, but I do have... I seem to have more exes than relationships. <laughs> what do you do? What's your rule? I know. Terrible maths. I know. What's your rule? Uh, oh, mine is always the get back on Facebook. Do loads of pictures of me and the girls. I'll probably end up doing something stupid with my hair. Uh, <laughs> she says, having just had an undercut. But I've not even been dumped. Uh, and it will be all about the sort of like, look at me, I'm surviving and I'm better and better. The haircut thing is so funny. Joe Good calls it um, the castration cut. You can't do it to them. <laughs> <laughs> so coming up, this man is going to tell us what we should do. Brilliant. Before it gets to the castration stage. Sure. So Lee, you're a breakup coach, so I know what you are, but what do you do? I help people get their ex back after they've been dumped. <laughs> Thank uh, you for joining us. Is that, Good night. A, is that in a, like, chains and a car and a, a midnight, <laughs> like, train? Midnight is helpful. Usually, yeah, the dark is helpful. Masks are helpful. Yeah. <laughs> that is the kind of way that I want to get my ex back. Before you tell us how you do that, how do we decide the next should be got back? Well, you know, I have to have difficult conversations with a lot of them and say, do you really want this person back? You know, because sometimes I don't want to help get that person back. Yeah. You know, it's and sometimes it's bad situations. And there was one woman in particular, I remember, who wanted this man back and I just really felt awful for her because this guy had like dropped her off like seven miles from their apartment because he was mad at her and made her walk back. What? Oh, man, that's not even half of it. It was horrible things. Um, and they hadn't had sex in three years because he had really bad ED on top of that. So it wasn't just that he was a jerk. You know, there, there I couldn't find any redeeming qualities except that this poor woman just wanted to be loved. There wasn't even good makeup sex. That's right. When I asked her, why do you want him back? You know, she couldn't even tell me. I mean, she actually paused and said, I didn't expect you to ask me that, which is not a good sign. Uh, some of the terrible things, she admitted that he had uh, slapped her across the face in anger. That's pretty darn terrible. Yeah. Uh, so what did you do? Did you horrible. sit her down and just say, listen, sweet cheeks? That's exactly what I said. <laughs> um, she was actually about my mom's age my, when well, my mom passed away a couple of years ago but about what my mom would have been later 50s and I said you know I can't help but think of you in terms of how much I loved my mom and I couldn't imagine if my mom was in a relationship like that you know it would be let me at this guy it wouldn't be hey let's try to get him back for you and I said 
I just can't in good conscience make any effort to help get this man back because he's so bad for you. And I recommended that she went to, you know, got help from a counselor um, for really, uh, really unhealthy type of codependence on another person like that because she was willing to accept a relationship of such horror, you know, and I just said, I don't think you should get him back. And she eventually agreed with me. Her daughter agreed with me. But that's one that came to mind when you when you mentioned that. It was just a horrible situation. That would be a really gorgeous ending if she ended up with a counsellor. Oh. Wouldn't it? Oh, Next time lovely. you tell that story, Lee, throw that in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you know, so you keep an eye on the red flags to look out for for people. What about the the white flags? What about the things that make you think, yes, this person should be back with their ex? Well, sometimes it's life situations like long distance or a job that they they really want to take, and they're they're caught between career and this person, and they're younger, you know, college or, or right for college. You know, those are situations where it's not necessarily the relationship itself. It's more the situations of life. And then there's also where people have been together for a long time and they, they feel like, well, that spark has gone away, but they still deeply care about this person. And a lot of times that's because they have, of course, sort of an immature view on love, you know, that it's about passion and feelings all the time and that that will always stay high. And if it doesn't, well, then I just need to go find somebody else. And if you can get through to that person, or a lot of times when that person has to experience loss, so if they broke up with this person and the dumped person does not contact them or try to get them back, and the person who did the dumping starts thinking, well, wait a minute, what if I (laughs) don't ever have the opportunity to be with this person again? What if they're going to move on? And the tables are kind of turned. A lot of times that spark comes back because... If you've heard of the concept limerence, which I'm guessing you have, it's the scientific term for the frame of mind people get into when they are just enamored and obsessed with someone. A lot of times that's why affairs happen. It's the new sparks of an early relationship. And it's called limerence. Dr. Dorothy Tinoff did some of the early research on that in the 70s. And then in, in the more modern times, it's been developed and expanded by uh, the likes of Dr. Joe Beam, who has a PhD in human attraction. And basically, limerence is where you become addicted to the chemical rush of someone new. And, And not just new, but you begin to say things like, I've never felt this way before. And because the chemicals in your mind, dopamine spikes, which makes you feel really good, and serotonin Falls, which means you can't think logically. <laughs> really, really great combination, isn't it? <laughs> so, so that's why people leave marriages over you know someone else because they're in limerence with this person and it's so powerful. So if people tend to think that's what love is, that it's limerence, which will fade, you can never experience limerence for the same person twice. Oh my God, really? Yeah. Really. It's that's a scientific uh, as close as we can get to scientific fact, just because that newness does wear off. Mm -hmm. And um, basically where you can have some of those chemical highs again, but it will never reach that same high. And so if you only base it on those potential highs, then, yes, another person could be more attractive because it's worn off. But see, limerence was designed, whether you want to say God did it or 
whatever you believe, it was apparently there for a reason. And that if you, if there's just a stranger, you don't have much purpose or desire to be around them much. But if you're in limerence for this person and you don't even know them well, then you will get to know them well. And over time, you develop companionship and commitment to this person. And as limerence fades away, you have companionship and commitment. And you, you do still have passion. I'm not saying that that just completely goes away. For you know, When it does, that's really bad. But the, whole, the, the addiction, the, the, the mass intensity of it does fade. So if people have the view that that's what real love is, is that mass intensity, then that can be changed simply by them understanding that that's not what real love is, that real love's real love is going to be there when those sparks are not always there because they will go up and down. Sometimes you're hot and in the mood and other times you just <laughs> rather sit and read a book. Is real love as good? Cause I'm, I'm not, I'm not on the side of real love here. Well, that's certainly, you're right. <laughs> There's no hope. Well, well, well put. <laughs> that's hilarious. But you know, it does lead a lot to, to people who, have a, a lot of relationships and just kind of that they call limerence. Some people refer to it as being addicted to love. Yeah. 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 I love all and this. From one person to another. So, you know, it's certainly a type of love. It's a passionate love, but it's not the committed companionship love that deep down. And eventually we all want, eventually we want someone who's there and we, and we know they're going to be there. We don't want to worry that there's going to be some day coming when the feelings fade and they leave. I feel like this is the pre-warm-up. This is something that you should be like training people in before they fall in love. Yeah. So that they've got that kind of cushion for when when the breakup, oh, I'm a cynic, aren't I? Listen to me you for when they break cynic. up. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, <laughs> you know, you're giving the reasons uh, why people should try and get back with the ex. What about timing? Because timing's always thrown out there, isn't it? Mm. So not, not just the kids going to university or a job somewhere else, but actual kind of what you want from lifetiming. Ah, so you're saying right person, wrong time? That's exactly what I'm saying. I do talk to people where I really think that that's it. And if they both understand that at some point, then it can certainly work. And that, that, that's a lot of times with long distance relationships. For example, if one's going to, about to leave to go to a different university, maybe in another country. And they feel like they have to do this for themselves. And so they break up and it's like a temporary, or at least that's the goal, is for it to be a temporary breakup. So how did you get into this? This all sounds like really kind of deep psychology. You know, I think that it's interesting how things make full circle in your life. I'll start uh, and say that I had a couple of terrible breakups right out, at the end of high school and then at the beginning of college two separate ladies, and I thought my life was over. And I was hired out of college to do writing, as a matter of fact, for the, uh, someone who, the, the man that I mentioned earlier, Dr. Joe Beam, who has a PhD in human attraction. And I was writing for him, just writing. I would travel with him when he did his workshops, and I would write articles for him. I did some, some writing on some of his books. And that was my, what my job was supposed to be. Well, this was with an organization that primarily worked with married couples who were considering divorce. One of them wanted or both wanted divorce. And the, the workshops that they did and still do are for troubled marriages. Basically, the couple goes and tries to save it, even if one of them doesn't want to. So 
I was um, just doing writing, and one of their marriage coaches actually was uh, had a, had a disease that, unfortunately, he was notified had turned terminal, and so he made you know an, an announcement that I don't want to, but um, I'm going to have to quit because uh, you know I, I'm I'm dying, and so since I knew this man's material so well they asked me if I would like to do some marriage coaching temporarily while they were getting a replacement. And I would just tell his answers basically, since I knew his material so well, you know, it was basically, well, Dr. Beam said this and that kind of thing. So I did that for a while and it was really going well. And they said, would you like to keep doing that? And that was back in around the year 2000, uh, 2001 well, actually that was in 2000. And so I was doing that for a while and um, ended up doing it for another organization as well, marriage coaching. And on the side, people would come to me with their non-married breakups, basically. And it seemed to be going, working really well. And eventually that got to be where it was overwhelming my other stuff. And so I went out on my own just doing the breakup coaching. Um, And a lot of it, I'm able to look at my, the horrible breakups that I I did go through early on. And then so fresh off of that, I was learning this totally opposite approach to relationships and seeing all the horrible mistakes I made and that, um, I'm able to use that combined with all the PhD, uh, information that I was able to gain. And, uh, it's been, it's been very effective, but it's also, um, it's, it's painful at times, you know, to speak to people who are in such depression and are hurting so badly. And so I, I really have to have a lot of downtime here and there to just goof off, to be honest with you. You say um, in, your, in, in your, on your website about um, what you do, and we'll give all the website details later, um, that invariably our first instincts are wrong. So when we've broken up with someone, what we want to do is not the right thing. What kind of stuff? Well, usually what happens is this, because the other person is in control, okay, you're, when we're dumped, I, as the person being dumped, I'm experiencing loss. The person who's dumping me experiences control. And when, whenever the other person has control and you have the loss, all you can do is beg for mercy. And so that's what we do. That's what people most often do. They try to, they first try to reason with them just a little bit. But pretty quickly, they start to see that's not working. And so it becomes a, please, please don't leave me. Please love me. It's crying. It's, it's begging in the true sense of the word because we feel this other person's in control and has the power and I have no bargaining chips. And so people usually do that. Uh, we're also taught from a very young age, if you persevere, good things will happen. So people... Just keep calling, keep texting day after day after day, trying to brute force their way back. Or post pictures on Facebook. I was just with her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm having such a great time with the girls. Look at me. Yep, that's what people think works as well. Or yeah. they try to do the jealousy tactic, you know, look, I'm on a date. Yeah, with my dad. And <laughs> <laughs> That usually blows up. In their faces, to be honest. Really? With you. So that's so that's something in the wrong brackets. It is because <sighs> the other person, first of all, um, it might make them really jealous, but 
do they really want to have to compete and be rejected? Especially if they broke up with you and they weren't really sure about it to begin with. Now you're with somebody else. Well, it's like, oh, well, okay. So maybe I was right. Maybe this was doomed. And, um, yeah, so usually it blows up in their face, even though we tend to think that, ooh, make them jealous. That'll work. And that's the wrong time to try to make What I usually tell people is this. You want to be in a place where you're a mystery, okay, where they don't know for sure. Do you have somebody else or not? We don't want them to have the answer either way, because if they have the answer, then the mystery has gone. If the mystery's there, then they can get preoccupied about you in their mind. They can. This. Yeah, they can go over and over and over and never get any answers, and you're their only answer. That's what we want to happen. What if they don't care? Well, usually, <laughs> what if they at first, they didn't care. We have to assume one thing. If they did care, that's when the odds are really good you can get them back. If there was a good relationship there, then a lot of times just the fear of loss, the fear of losing you and realizing that they might be losing you can really re-spark a lot of this. Because that's why people who are, who've been dumped are so panicked and, and they feel such a sense of urgency is because that loss is so intense and they think they have to do something right away. And a lot of times, you know, there's that song, you don't know what you have until it's gone. And that is so true. I mean, we just don't as humans, we don't, we take things for granted. Um, we just dismiss it even until we sometimes have to lose it to really appreciate it. And so that's, that, that's all factored in as well. And if the relationship was good and they cared about you, let's let them really learn and see what place you had in their lives. How honest should you be at any stage in this? So it's like if someone has really broken your heart, do you kind of let them know that? Not in a kind of collapse way, but that they, they know what, what it meant, that relationship meant. And does, does that color their, their take on the relationship? Or do they just not want that? It's a little bit of being disciplined. All right. And so, for example, I'm trying to do the low carb diet, right? <laughs> I didn't see that coming, Lee. Yeah. I'd like to drop, say, 10, 10 pounds. I also have a really huh, a weakness for cookies and cream ice cream. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, <laughs> I have to be disciplined because I, if I followed my heart, a lot of people say, follow your heart. If I followed my heart, I would be devouring some of that stuff right now. Um, and I would hate myself after. But so what I usually tell people is, and of course, again, this, you kind of have to learn this because you, it's not like I can get to them, like stop time and say, okay, you're being dumped at this moment. Let me just interject here and tell you what to do next. <laughs> Unfortunately, I get a lot of calls where people have royally screwed it up. Yeah, like what? Like what? What did they do? Oh, okay. Well, you know, I've heard uh, one example was um, a woman after he broke up with her and finally he realized that she would not let him go. He ran to his car and drove away. She followed him in the car to his apartment. Then... He didn't know it, by the way. She, she, she kept him from knowing she was following him. Even up the elevator, she waited. He got on the elevator. She took the stairs. She watched until he, start, he opened his apartment door, and she <laughs> ran up behind him and stuck her foot in the door. <laughs> and she forced her way, like because he was so shocked, she forced her way inside his apartment. 
she would not leave until they talked. So he said he talked to her a little bit more, and then he told her oh, there now leave. Finally, he called the police on her, and um, <laughs> well, fortunately, they that was get a me bad friend. one. Yeah, another I one. There was a- <laughs> so another one was very similar, where the guy did the exact same thing. He followed her and kind of didn't let her know, and um, he knocked on the door and she opened it, and he kind of just went in. And she actually left, and he spent the night at her apartment waiting for her to come back. I've had spiders do that to me. These are scary things. (laughs) Do you think men and women um, respond differently to breakups? Largely, no. Largely, it's fear and concern of loss. And a lot of people ask me that. But the bottom line is, if you're motivated, you will do what you think you need to do to get what you're motivated um, about in your hands. And uh, to get what you want. So a lot of times people say, well, the, the, the women respond the same way to no contact. And if I had just given you an, a guess, my answer might have been different. But, you know, I hadn't really thought about it until I just had mm-hmm. to 20 years ago started observing this day after day. Uh, but they do men and women, both when someone breaks up with you and you are able to. Oh, which which kind of brings me back to the last question. As far as responding when you've been broken up with, you do need to give a little bit of pushback. You don't just need to go, okay, cool. Okay. After you've been dumped by the love of your life. Because that makes you look pretty crazy too. Giving a little bit of pushback. It's okay if you speak with them about it and let them know, I don't want this. I disagree. I think we're great together. But then you have to accept it. You have to tell them, you know, I don't agree, but I accept your decision. And back off. And that's where... If you've done that and you can back away from a person, then they have to miss you. And male or female, if they feel that loss, they will think, first of all, they'll doubt their decision. Should I have broken up with this person because I'm hurting and I didn't think that I would? And most of the time, they'll reach out to you at least. Now, they may not reach out and say, hey, I want to get back together. Usually, they're not 100% sure. There's other coaches online, believe it or not. And some of them will say, don't accept friendship. And I agree with that. But they, they give these ideas that, you know, when the other person says, well, let's just be friends, that, they, that you say, I do not accept friendship. And don't you contact me again unless you want back in the relationship. Really? Hey. Because, see, I would yes. kind of think, oh, see, I'd be sly about it. Well, not sly. I just think, OK, we'll be their friend. And then maybe they'll realize how yeah. much they love me because I've yeah. got great hair, yeah. for instance. <laughs> <laughs> so that never works. That never works. Well, I wouldn't say never. It's what will happen usually is it becomes awkward because they know that you want them. They know that you want to be with them and and be back together. And so usually they, first of all, usually they don't mean it. If they say they want to be friends, they're just being nice. And I think that maybe you'll feel a little better and it'll be easier on them because you won't fight the breakup as much. And they think they can kind of walk you down, kind of like when people are quitting smoking. (laughs) Yeah. You suddenly go into friends with benefits territory, don't you? And that a lot you get of that comfort do. blanket feeling rather than just and you'll net rarely be on the same page. Yeah. Someone's someone's gonna get hurt. Yeah. yeah. Before But a lot of people in saying, you know, knowing that friendship doesn't work, they'll say, You tell them I don't accept friendship and don't you contact me unless you want to get back in the relationship. And the problem with that is is that then there's a hurdle between them reaching out because they think they have to be one hundred percent sure. And you'd much rather it be that if they just miss you a little bit and they're not sure, but they feel there might be something that they feel comfortable contacting you because then you have an audience with them to reattract them. 
So we we're going to want you, Lee, to. Um, a, send us some um, cookie dough ice cream or cookies, whatever the cream ice cream was, um, and and give us like I rec- I reckon the three top ways to, yeah. to to get your ex back. But before that, I really need to tell you this story because I think this is so funny <laughs> and awful. So you know you're saying that there's a kind of there's a time. And if after a certain amount of time someone hasn't got back, you know, that, that they're never going to come back. So a friend of mine, her ex, this is so awful, got back in touch with her after about two, three years. And then she looked, she stalked on his Insta. It was the day before his wedding. <gasps> no. <laughs> what is wrong with people? Oh, my God. So that's, I know. I mean, she didn't go for it, but isn't that awful? Yeah. So he was just like casually, hey, how are you doing? What's been happening? Why would he? What? Cold feet. Oh my god! I know that's so strange. I know. I've got a question: um, Is ghosting dumping? Is there something because we seem to? It seems so hard to even get to the point where we are in a in an actual relationship. So, would you class ghosting as being dumped? Do you have like any kind of micro um, bits of advice for people who have been through that? Or say you've had a nice date and then that person doesn't get in contact with you for a second date. Or is that just let them let them go? Gay. <laughs> or gay. <laughs> if it's been a relationship, you know, that's been a good amount of time and they ghost you, then yes, that is dumping you. It's a very immature, heartless way of doing it and, ch- and chicken way of doing it. But cowardly is maybe the better word. But it is it is a form of being dumped or dumping someone. If it's for a second date, then basically they're just not interested and they don't, again, they don't have the, let's say they don't have the bravery to tell you. And, you know, it's not really a relationship at that point. I mean, it's like you went out together and had a talk and he's not interested or she's not interested. So I wouldn't call that dumping. I think I would just call that failure to launch. (laughs) (laughs) So give us the three, your three, like sum up your three tips for us to um, get the love back. Okay. Well, first would be to give them the breakup instead of fighting it. After you've said your piece and they, you know, say, I understand, but I, I, this is best. This is what I want. Then you give them the breakup. You say, I respect your decision and you back away. You give them the breakup so they can experience the consequences. So that's number one, give them the breakup. Number two, don't contact them and take the breakup away to where they feel like you're trying to get them back because, you know, I've already gone over why that's a problem because we don't want them thinking that all they have to do is flick a switch to get you back or else there's no urgency on their part and they can do it anytime they're ready, which will actually mean that they'll probably never be ready because there won't be any attraction or urgency or passion about it. It'll just be this kind of, Oh, this person's a backup plan. Number three would be that, this is the hardest part is the transition when they do reach out. And to be honest with you, more of my coaching calls are about what to do when the ex reaches out if they've been in no contact. The ex reaches out and says, how you been? And nobody knows how to respond to that. <laughs> um, a lot of times it's small talk. Pretty good. How about you? Which is a bunch of nothing. But it's, it's actually very important that, that this happens and, and that they do it casually because a lot of people tend to think that when their ex reaches out, it will be, I miss you. I love you. I want you back. Let's get back together. That's very rare. Usually they ease into it a little bit more. And I have something called an emergency breakup kit or the emergency breakup kit on my website where uh, I go into 
exactly how to handle this transition mode where they're reaching out and it seems really casual and you're wondering, are they interested? Are they, do they really want to know how I'm doing? I mean, are they reaching out just to see how I'm doing? Why are they reaching out? And what do I do? And so handling that transition mode is number three in terms of importance. My website, by the way, is myexpatcoach.com where they can get that. Brilliant. Because Fantastic. that's true. Because if someone some, did a casual kind of, hey, how are you? Yeah. I'd be like, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah. And you do the casual dance, don't you? And what happens? Where does that end? <laughs> it fades away, nothing. right? Yeah, nothing. Fades yeah. away. Um, this is all so brilliant. Can I just ask you one last thing? Please. How do you break up with someone? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lee. Sorry. Lee did the best pause ever. <laughs> what I tell people is you're actually being more cruel when you leave hope alive. Ooh. If you're certain. And a lot of people will say things like, I think we will get back together or I just need some time or we just need a break. And they really don't mean it. They think that they're going to just phase you out slowly and, and you're kind of like the frog in boiling water. It starts off neutral and then it rate, it goes to boiling and you don't ever even notice until you're burned up. And they think that gradually you, you'll just all of a sudden be broken up with and, and nobody will ever experience any pain. But usually keeping them on like that, they go through days and days and weeks and months and maybe even years of emotional trauma and, and hell because of the situation. And so I tell people, if you really are certain, which the first step you want to break up with somebody is think a little bit longer because like we talked about earlier, all relationships are going to go through up and down. The passion's going to go up and down. Anger's going to go up and down. Um, the warmth is going to go up and down. I mean, life hands you lemons a lot of times. And so you, you have to just really be certain and don't just make a, a, a quick spur of the moment decision. But once you're certain, you've got to rip the bandit off. You have to say, I am certain of this and I'm so sorry because I don't want to hurt you, but I don't want a future with you. I do care about you as a person. I really do wish you the best, but I don't want to be your boyfriend or I don't want to be your girlfriend anymore. And I'm so sorry, but that's the truth. That's I'm so... getting flashbacks. I I'm know. getting flashbacks, Lee. I can't, I can't take that anymore. I'm triggering you? <laughs> yeah. Don't you think, Lee, finally, people getting together, it's a miracle, isn't it? I've heard a lot of stories that make me think that that's, that's true, that when, pe when you get two people who just finally decide they're going to be mature about this and not not demand perfection the other person and just treat them with love. Yeah, that seems like a miracle a lot of times, but it does happen. Oh, well, Lee, do you know what? I, for one, am glad you rescued us from dipping into BB's depression mode there. <laughs> it's always a nice to end a podcast on, a, isn't it a miracle we all get together? <laughs> Thank you so much, Lee. That was brilliant. Thank you. That was great. I really enjoyed being with you guys and, and talking. Thank you very much, Lee Wilson. And you can um, find out everything about Lee on his website, which is myexpatcoach.com. What did you learn, Miranda? Oh, that was fascinating, wasn't it? I learned that you should just, like, carry on as normal, that whole thing of, like, keep it a mystery. You shouldn't be, oh, I'm out on getting dates or whatever. It should, yeah, let them look for you. Let them see if they can find you. And then and not making it so obvious yeah. also like getting into relationships in the first place if, if someone's ghosting you after a couple of dates they're just not for you and you know concentrate more on finding that person that you do want to get back with see I know you quite cruelly dismissed me when I said to Lee that it's a nightmare meeting people it's a miracle even mm. 
It's true. I'm yeah. right. Yeah. It is now. Because <laughs> look at us, folks. Like, <laughs> lock us in the metro basement and throw away the key. Just some food would be lovely. Um, I loved that. I thought it was really interesting. I've got to stop doing the casual dance. Yeah, because I'm all about the casual dance, and look where it's led me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what the uh, what the instructions are. For yeah, that. I know he was so secretive. It's brilliant. Yeah. I can't wait. Um, he was lovely. He had a nice voice. Didn't he? Very nice. nice. Uh, my name is BB Lynch, and I'm Miranda Kane. Good Sex, Bad Sex was produced by Sam Bonham for Metro.co.uk. You can get in touch with us on Twitter. Don't touch us on Twitter. I'm not allowed. <laughs> oh. That's it. Good Sex, Bad Sex, triple X at the end. And also, you love that. Oh, I fucking hate it. And also, <laughs> if you. A sexy question or query or anything you want to know about um, our podcast or anything you'd like to suggest for our podcast, uh, keep it clean. Um, actually, don't make it filth. Um, please do get in touch. <laughs> Info at sexpod.co.uk. And we will see you next week. Ave Maria. <laughs> <laughs> oh